Managing Marketing, and today we're at the National Theatre at Southbank on the uh, right by the River Thames here in London, and I'm sitting down and having a chat to the new uh, business director for Trinity P3 UK, but also the co-founder of Connect2, Jeremy Taylor. Welcome, Jeremy. Great pleasure to be here, Don. And welcome to the Trinity P3 family. Even greater pleasure. <laughs> Look, um, I wouldn't mind having a chat to you because uh, around the work of Connect2, but yeah. specifically how that fits in with the overall marketing strategy that your clients are faced with. So, first of all, explain a little bit about what Connect to what. Well, Connect2 is about connecting to communities. Uh, and communities defined in very broad terms. It might be about where you live, but it might be about what your interests are. It might be about the football team you support, the hobbies you have, uh, where your families came from, where your origins are, all sorts of communities where people have a passion and where, um, where there's some purpose, which tends to, to drive community relations. It's one of those really interesting words, isn't it? Because community is one of those things that you absolutely you know, desire. When you hear belonging, there's a sense of belonging to yes, a community. very much so. But then people really struggle sometimes with defining it. And I was interested listening through the ways that you could categorise communities. Because you know, it isn't just your physical community, your geographic community, no. is it? No. You know, that's one type of community. But you were talking across a full range of different yeah. sort of uh, interests, uh, geographies, uh, all the life stages, yeah. all sorts yeah. of things, yeah. yeah? And people belong to multiple communities. Um, and often people define themselves by the community as well. When you ask them someone what they do, they will talk about where they work. They'll talk about the profession. Mm-hmm. They'll talk about being a parent. They'll talk about uh, where their kids go to school. They'll talk about where they live. All of those things can be defined by community. All of those are where community has impact. So yep. it's, it's a very broad area. So how do you make community accessible, for instance, to, say, marketers and organisations? Because, you know, if it becomes this, if it becomes this uh, word that can be defined in many ways, I guess it must be or could be difficult to then actually um, find ways of being able to interact or leverage with those communities. It certainly can be. Um, so you I guess for, to, to do the engagement piece with a marketing organisation, you need to be a little careful about which communities you're going to go and talk to. And the key thing for me is that, that the community has to have a purpose in life. It has to be about achieving something. It can be really straightforward. It can be as simple as raising money. In fact, it's almost always about raising money. Yeah. But the money is towards a cause or it's towards a purpose it's, that's taking the community from point A to point B. A common interest. A common interest, which, yeah. which inspires the people belonging to it. And you'll, you'll always find, always find, it's universal that within a community there are the key people, the, the connectors, we call them, who um, make it all happen. Mm. They're the ones who kind of who, who wind people up and get them to come along and do things and contribute time, contribute money, contribute effort. Uh, if you can find those people, um, you can get into the kind of the heart of what's going on. It's interesting for me because, you know, a lot of marketing activities are quite selfishly focused yes, yes. and that is you know i'm appealing to your self-interest either yeah. through direct communication through advertising yeah. or or a promotion giving you some sort of immediate value or benefit in the instant whereas when you're talking about communities 
it's a much more higher level, you know, on Mav Maslow's hierarchy yes, yeah. of needs. Yeah. You must be appealing to a much higher level. It's not about self-interest and, and immediately, is it? It is a different way of approaching. I mean, all brands are good at defining what's good, what's, what is right for the individual. That's how they define themselves. So they'll always find that we're better at doing this particular thing for you personally. It's cheaper, mm -hmm. it's better, or it's more relevant. When you do elevate it to the next to another level, uh, you, you're building another stage of understanding with uh, with the customer. You're engaging at a different level, and actually, you need to be able to vary the proposition to reflect that, that relationship. So you might have to adapt the way you're talking to an individual to to talking to a uh, uh, to a community mm. to match the purpose of that community to match the the, the, the reason why it exists. Now, is that part of that? Because, you know, when people talk about targeting individuals, yeah. they, they seem to allude to the fact that they can really hone down to what's of interest to yeah. an individual. Whereas a community will often be a collective. And so you're looking for the commonality amongst it. Is that yeah. part of the challenge? It is. Um, actually, you know what? You can, you can define communities. You can use community uh, membership to, uh, to target. We don't, I don't really like using the word target because it sounds too... Well, Impositional, but you yeah. can it, it, you can define. well at least identify identify exactly yeah. Yeah. and and then you've still got to go through an engagement process, don't Most you? Because is. you can't target them and just hit them with something that they no. don't want because it, they'll reject you. And it has to be, a, and it's very much a two-way engagement process to do it properly. Mm. Um, but the the um, the gains are, are very large. You can talk to thousands of people in one in one go. And also, I imagine it is also it can be more powerful because it comes with if you do it properly, the endorsement of the community, exactly. you know, that you've actually all the members of the community by buying into the engagement yeah. are actually self-endorsing, aren't yeah. they? And if, and if your proposition is towards the benefit of the community, which and you can link purchase to benefit, which can be done, uh, then yeah, you, you, your engagement is, is uh, at a different level. And the big benefit of that, which we find is, um, if we found is that you'll get word of mouth. Yeah. You will get endorsed by the, the, the voices that carry loudest and longest in the community and you'll almost get instructions to buy uh, along with kind of recommendations. So it can be it can be very powerful. Mm. So is this something that is starting to gain traction? Because you, know, you have to say that uh, in marketing, there is certainly a lot more conversations around things like brand purpose and, and starting yeah. to find a higher level meaning than just the sort of selfish delivery of benefit. Um, is this starting to grow as a category, or is it something that uh, has always been there? I would say it's always always been there to an extent, it's, and it's been done. Probably a lot of the lessons come from from local business because they depend on being a part of the local community. So sponsoring the local sports clubs it's or not, the local junior sports yeah, or things like it that. Works. So it kind of sounds like I guess it, it sounds a bit like hard work to do that on a national scale, but it's it's very achievable. And absolutely, the, the corporate purpose um, conversation is, is where it starts to score because it's a great way of not just talking about your corporate purpose, but of demonstrating it. You're actually going to be there live in the community doing things which will demonstrate what you're talking about rather than just. Now, I'm going to pick chatting. you up. Yeah. I'll, I'll pick you up on a word you, or a phrase you used then. You said corporate purpose, yeah. whereas I referred to brand purpose. Uh, and, and I wouldn't mind just getting some clarity with you around that because the marketing industry and for instance the world federation of advertisers have been talking about brand purpose brand purpose for 
three or four or five years. Yep. But you mentioned corporate purpose. What do you see as, as a distinction between the two? Uh, okay, that's a good question. Um, I think still an emerging discussion going on there, but I would say that a lot of companies were founded with um, something beyond the need simply to make money. Uh, they are, and there is a corporate purpose, which is which is sometimes defined, sometimes uh, a raison d'être, a, raison, a, a yeah, reason for yeah, ex existing. Yeah. Yeah. And I would argue that that strong companies with a long history demonstrate it. They, it's there. It's in their. It's in their blood. They don't always talk about it, and, the, and what they don't do often is link it to their marketing activity. So it kind of sits with a, some corporate called communications uh, label on it, but it sits at a very high table in the, in the organization. It's mm. up there in the C-suite, they're aware of it. Or the board. But it's with the board, it's with the shareholders, uh, and they, they need to report on it often as not. So I actually think that corporate purpose and brand purpose, if they're aligned, is incredibly powerful yeah. because it's actually yeah. taking what you're describing, the corporate purpose, and actually finding a way of interpreting or integrating it into the brand discussion or the brand conversation. Yeah. I worry a lot where there's a corporate purpose and then you have a totally different brand purpose yeah. that can often be misaligned or even totally at odds with each other. Yeah, they can conflict most definitely. Um, it's a danger. It is a danger, and I think a challenge that a lot of big corporations face is making those things align. Mm. And I, I wonder if it's because the marketing function is not um, sitting at a high enough table in the organisation, it's not involved in those conversations. Well, I think a lot of it's driven by the fact that the marketers often have an external focus. They're yeah. looking at yeah. customers, right? And, and, and a really good example of that would be you know, some of the, let's say, you know, uh, petrochemical or chemical industry companies where, you know, you do market research and people say, oh, we're concerned about the environment and we're concerned about the impact that chemicals are having on the environment. So suddenly the brand purpose is we'll be gentler on the environment. And yeah. so we're going to do all sorts of things like sponsor environmental things. And then at a corporate level, I have to make some really tough decisions that may not be in the best interests of the environment, but it's a, a business decision that gets made because there is no alignment between the external focus of marketing and yep. the internal focus of the corporation. So, an and then suddenly there's a headline and, and, oh, and stories yeah. that says, oh, this company that says they're all about yeah. being soft on the environment have just destroyed, you know, And, trust, and yeah. suddenly the trust is out of the window and mm. stuff. But, so an interesting observation on that whole discussion is that marketing is focused on individuals. So it's, it's trying to get down to a one-to-one -one understanding that's appealing to the individual. A corporate purpose is, is, is appealing to society. Mm. Huge difference between the two. Uh, a community is maybe a, a, a way of bridging the gap between the, those two diverse subjects. Interesting observation that you just made there, because a century ago, or even half a century ago, the interests of the individual and the interests of society were often aligned, and True. the interests of corporations were often aligned to society. But I guess in the, the latter half of the 20th century and the 21st century, we've had the rise of individualism and every person for themselves. Yep. And, you know, it's all about the me, me, me generation, which we're both part of. Yeah. This is why I guess it's become so much harder from a corporate level to be able to align 
societal responsibilities and marketing individual focus. Uh, Do you I, think that's a fair observation? I think it's. I think there's some truth in that. I also think it's it's figuring, it's sitting under the heading of too hard to do. Mm. Uh, it's 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 not been tackled successfully, and people don't really know how to do it, and they're not really that worried about the somehow. Then it matters less that marketing isn't the marketing message is not aligned with the corporate purpose. I, I think that's dangerous. Mm. I think that's a, there's a danger, and I think that there's going to be. I perceive a, a pendulum swing now against the, the me, me, me generation. I think it's changing. Well, you know, we hear lots of reports supposedly about the segment, the millennials or yeah. generation yeah. Y and Z, uh, are much more interested in what's best for the environment, what's they best are. for society. And, and right here in London, in, in recent weeks, we've been seeing huge demonstrations, mm. literally, of that going on around the streets. People desperately concerned about the environment and demanding that, that, that um, business and government does something about it. So going back a step, earlier on you were talking about how corporations that have been around for a long time yeah. often have, at a very high level, a purpose, a reason for being that is almost intrinsic into who they are. There's a thing called the founder's advantage. Have you heard of the founder's no, advantage? No, no, okay, so it's this idea that the founder is the person that often has defined the purpose because they actually founded yeah. the organisation. Yeah. You know, Walt Disney founded Disney and, and had this whole focus on, you know, the magic of, of childhood or the magic throughout life. Mm -hmm. you know, and that often that's an advantage because it's an incredibly focused, personalised, because the founder exists as a person. Yeah. You know, I, I guess the most modern example would be someone like um, uh, Richard Branson, yeah, you know, in, in here in the UK, or even possibly Jeff Bezos yes. at yeah. Amazon, is the founder exists as a as human being yeah. who is talking and articulating their beliefs, their values, yeah. and and that becomes part of the cultural corporate values. And he and Richard Branson, for instance, is very much both the corporation and the brand. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so he can he expresses both those things. Very effectively. And so then when the founder either leaves or, yeah. you know, like we've seen with um, Apple and Steve Jobs, when they, they pass on or leave the corporation, it's then up to the people left behind. Do they stay with those values and how do you articulate them when the yeah. persona of the founder is no longer tangibly walking around the building? to actually build it into the overall co corporate belief. How do you keep the founder's advantage alive? Well, isn't it interesting that some of the most successful long-running companies around the world are family-owned ones, mm. where that... Uh, like that the Mars family. family. Where yeah. it survives. Probably the best example yeah, in the world. But, uh, but many others where, mm. where, where family is involved and the family makes sure that, uh, that those, those cultural um, founding principles are maintained. But also their private companies, so and they're not yeah. being held to fulfil the needs of external shareholders yeah. that are demanding, you know, sacrifice your values to deliver short-term yeah, but, but profit. A lot of many big companies have uh, expressed a corporate uh, responsibility and, and report on it. They are obliged to report to shareholders on it, and they mm. do. Uh, it is true. I mean, increasingly, we're seeing large corporations, even publicly listed that are embracing uh, ethical, social responsibility, yep. environmental sustainability, not 
just because of risk mitigation, or we don't want to get into trouble, so we should be good about these things, but because it does make good business sense, doesn't it? It does make good business sense, and increasingly, I think we will increasingly find that um, groups of consumers will be looking for evidence of responsible behaviour. Mm. They, they demand it, and they, it will become a, a differentiator in your, in your buying decision. Now that's quite different, isn't it, from what we see as brand purpose, where a brand suddenly bolts on a, yeah. you know, we're going to do this because it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. What's the difference? Um, I, what I've seen over, over many years now is that uh, brands attempt to address these issues by a one-size-fits-all solution that involves um, a program that applies to schools or a program that mm. applies to uh, I don't know, the environment somewhere. Yeah, I think there was, and I can't remember the brand, there was a shoe brand that for every pair of shoes that were bought, they'd provide a pair of shoes yeah, to, okay. uh, to no, uh, that's people that okay, couldn't so afford. That's, that's Tom's, which is actually is, is your, your founder's principle, because that yeah. is still run by the guys who founded it. And actually, I, I think that's a great idea. No, but that's what I'm saying is it's not a brand purpose. No, it's it's a, actually the corporate purpose expressed through the brand. There is in that company. I don't think there's a difference. And, yeah, and Patagonia is another example. And that's where it company. works. That's where it works. That's where it works. So it must be incredibly difficult when you've got yeah, because there's a difference between a branded house and a house of brands. Yes. So where the brand and the corporation are one in the same is very different to where you've got a brand that is a holding company yeah. and then there's a whole lot of brands underneath So tough in a big corporation where, you, where things are required and things are, and businesses are traded, trying to try and, and um, have an all-inclusive purpose as expressed across a, a variety of different businesses as well as brands is, is I guess, is very tough. Yeah, so we've, well, there's got a lot of examples. There's Nestle, yeah. there's uh, Unilever, yeah. there's Procter & Gamble, are probably the three most obvious. All three of them have corporate purposes. They do. So, you know, Nestle is good food. Uh, I think Unilever is about uh, sustainability. Unilever sustainable is very strongly about sustainability. And, and then you've got all these brands underneath it. Yeah. But to actually create, a, try and almost jackhammer that corporate purpose into those brands would be almost an anathema, wouldn't it? So Unilever have um, defined certain, some of their brands as being ones which were, which which are ethical, mm -hmm. which are about sustainable resourcing and fulfil all of that the corporate um, alignment. They're aligned yeah. to the corporate right. objectives, and they have um, their approach is to say, okay, we'll express that in a specific way for each of those brands, and, and there is a specific uh, scheme. To my mind, some of them work better than others. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm impressed they do it. <laughs> I'm impressed that they have the uh, the willpower to do it and the, and the ability to realise it. Um, do they kind of express an overall uh, responsibility for, for Unilever? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure it comes across. I'm not sure that Unilever ever has the, the, the need or the desire to become a, a holding brand anyway. Mm. So, well, uh, I'm off the track, but uh, I yeah. know there's uh, quite a few people in the advertising industry that uh, criticise where a holding company that owns lots of brands starts sticking their holding company brand yeah. at the end of the ad to almost say, oh, this is part of us as a way of getting a rub off on the, um, the overall yeah. company. 
because they say people buy brands, they don't buy the investment vehicle that owns the brand. I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah, so you're in that you're in that group. I mean, you're, the, the parent company shouldn't be fighting against the principles of the brand. The, the, the investment money always goes into the into the brand. Yeah. Uh, so that's what you're communicating. Because I've had this uh, discussion with uh, corporate affairs, yeah. and they say, interestingly, in the modern era, shareholders are also consumers. Yeah. And so, yes, they're not talking. They're not trying to communicate necessarily to the big uh, institutional investor that's just looking at the numbers, but they're looking at communicating and reminding the mum and dad shareholders, the everyday shareholders, like perhaps you and I, that this is part of a bigger, your favourite brand, X, is part of a bigger company, which is the one that you invest in or could invest in. And that I, I can understand the strategy. I'm not sure it's the, the most effective way of articulating it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's a dilemma. Yeah. I, I don't have the, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to give you a, a answer to that one. <laughs> no, no, that, and that's fine. I, I just, uh, the, I thought you know, when, when you mentioned the idea of, you know, how do you get brands to align to corporate purpose? They've also tried to do the other thing, which is get corporate identity yeah. down into brands, haven't they? In yeah. a lot of cases. And and I'm I'm not sure it's the most effective it's, it's, way. I understand why they yeah, do it. Yeah. I don't think it's that effective. It sounds more of an imposition. It appears to be more of an imposition to me rather than a benefit. So mm. uh, to me, the brand needs to behave in the corporate, to match the corporate purpose, mm. if, that's, if that's a possibility, which it should be. So... Where do you think the opportunity sits for marketers? Like we've discussed that brand purpose needs to be aligned to corporate purpose. But where we've got a marketer that's focused on the consumer on an individual level, how does a marketer participate in being able to either help promote and communicate the corporate purpose? the corporate ideal? I would say that the, the, what the marketing department, not marketing director should be looking at would be how the, how the corporation and the brands are behaving. They should be, they should, that part of the, of the business needs to be involved in behavior as well as just communication. Mm-hmm. It needs to be demonstrating things that the company talks about doing and making sure that every aspect of the, of the corporate behavior aligns to um, their stated purpose, which should be clear. And I think it's it's, it's ill-defined where, where the, the different departments are behaving, are doing corporate um, responsibility programs and marketing programs, and they're not aligned. Mm. So, yeah, it, it really is getting that alignment between corporate um, yeah. strategy, corporate uh, relations and marketing, which yeah. often doesn't happen. It's it doesn't really happen. interesting. And I think it must be, a, I would be very frustrated to be in that environment where the two are not aligned and are not working together and sometimes even fighting against each other. So, It's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, um, the most often intrusive or visible uh, expression of brands is often the advertising yeah. or the marketing. And yet, as I mentioned before, the, the often the only thing that happens is a little logo for the corporation gets stuck on the end of the... Yeah end of the advertising without any real thought about how can the advertising go beyond that to be aligned to the overall 
corporate strategy, the corporate uh, identity, the corporate purpose. So there are, and there are other activities that um, the corporations get involved in now. A lot of them have have um, committed commi- commitments to um, letting their staff have a day a year or a week mm. a year to, to work in the, in the community to get out and, and do volunteering. Things. Indeed, but they don't. Uh, it often doesn't happen, frankly, because they don't really have any use for it now. They, they can't, there's, there's no kind of clear way to harness that. Um, getting involved in a community, for instance. Mm. If, you have a, if you have a corporate policy that's aligned, it lets you make good use of that, actually. You can, mm. Suddenly, these people are going to be doing their useful work to a corporate, to demonstrate a corporate purpose. So you can actually start to align different policies within the, the corporation mm. behind a, a, a common cause. Mm. So... Um, also, there's the issue of the uh, marketing actually acting in a way that's aligned yeah. to the corporate purpose, isn't there? Because marketing itself can either be something that contributes to, let's say, CO2 pollution. Yep. Oh, it yeah. could be decisions made, for instance, with media buying that could be supporting uh, issues that are actually a, uh, the opposite of the corporate values around, say, bullying or fair play or things like that. What do you think the role is for CMOs to actually make sure that their marketing complies with a corporate set of values? Yeah, I wouldn't think that's very hard, but it's the priorities just now. But it's, it's uh, an area which might get found, they might get found out on if they're not thinking about the, uh, the environmental impact of their communications. Uh, I guess right down to the kind of energy which, uh, which is being expended on, on communication, even electronically. Yeah, I don't. Th- yeah, it's. Uh, I've never noticed any marketers that are really putting that as a high consideration. No, no, me neither. But it seems like a big missed opportunity because it gives you then, as a CMO or a, a marketing director, a conversation to actually have with corporate affairs. Yeah about how can we be better aligned and, and better deliver the corporate values through our marketing. And why would you not seek to get ahead early on that game? What happens when the when the, the, the plastics argument is, is finished and the, the deliveries, of the, you know, the, your, your petrol carbon footprint is as good as it can be, you're going to go somewhere else. Mm. Well, it was a terrific example. Um, Qantas, uh, Australian airline, um, has recently had their first flight with zero landfill from the the flight. So they've done every... They worked with their staff, they worked with their operations team to come up with a way of completely recycling and reducing the landfill waste from the flight to zero. I'm impressed. Now, I was I was really impressed, and I was impressed because every part of the business, in the way they communicated it, seemed to be involved. Like there was operations, there were the flight crews, yeah. the, the cabin crews, there was um, even marketing in articulating and telling the story. Corporate affairs was on board with that. It was an amazing case study or, or one-off example of the power of what can happen when everyone's aligned to the values so of the organisation. Isn't that an, interest, an interesting observation that the entire organisation had to be involved to make it happen? It can't be compartmentalised into uh, one department to make sure that these things are happening because it affects every part of the company and every everything that the company does affects it. Well, I think it ha- you have to have everyone on board. Otherwise, all it would take is one part of the business not to be aligned to the purpose yep. of why you're doing this 
to potentially raise cynicism because we have become a cynical bunch, haven't we? As consumers. As consumers. I'm not, I don't mean as advertising or marketing people. No. I mean as consumers. We are incredibly cynical. We are cynical and also there are, there are more and more ways to, to, to express that cynicism and, to, and company behaviour is much more transparent than it's ever been before because it's all reported online, it's instantly accessible. We've got to, social media so we can all jump on board jump and criticise yeah. the hell out of people. And let's face it, it's much easier to be critical and to, to praise, as we all know. Mm -hmm. Reputations can be trashed more quickly than ever. Do you think this is a trend or do you think this could be a one-off? Do you think this is something that organisations are starting to seriously look at? I, I, no, it's more than one-off. It's, it's a definite uh, shift. And I think there are some very interesting... Uh, Organisations and individuals who are who are pushing the agenda of, uh, of making sure that, that organisations engage properly with society and do it in, in, in radical ways. Mm. Uh, a really interesting book written by um, John Brown, the ex uh, CEO of BP, which talks about um, exactly that: how to engage radically with society. Mm -hmm. And it must be that this CEO's express responsibility to do that, and he has to make sure that, that company behaviour is aligned with the message. So find different ways of getting that message across and making sure that everything the company does is uh, on the money. It's interesting you uh, you mentioned about the CEO because you know there's that famous quote that marketing is too important to be left to the marketers. Yeah. That the chief brand officer is actually the CEO in every corporation. I subscribe to that. It's yeah. really important. If he's, if he's detached from it and all he's worried about is share value, uh, the company is too short term to, to be properly focused. And so, you know, we're starting to see more of those CEOs become the brand leader of the organisation. Yeah. And then the role of marketing is really then to just communicate and articulate and interpret that brand value into yeah. the communication channels. And protect the premium and protect the, uh, the trading value, but absolutely. And, in, and back to your early conversation, where is that done well? It's done in the, in, by the richer practices, by the kind of the... Mm. where the, the, the brand and the corporation are aligned perfectly. But what a great opportunity for marketers yeah. to be able to actually yeah. go up to the CEO yeah. and go, let's have a conversation about what your vision, what your brand value or what your corporate values are, what is your corporate uh, positioning or purpose. And now let's look at how we can align to actually amplify and, and uh, deliver that as part of our marketing investment. Agree, and um, actually also trying to make sure that the, that, that corporate expression is, is a part of the, uh, the sales attack, the, the sales impact of marketing, why not? Yeah. Where it's relevant. Where it's relevant, yeah, yeah. and it can be. It, because can be. people, uh, consumers are looking for brands that do good business, good responsible business. They want, they increasingly want their corporations to be making a contribution beyond just delivering shareholder value. Yeah, they do. And I think it's, it's, it's quite hard to express that on a, on a brand to one individual basis. It's a lot easier to do it. It's, it's more effective to do it, to express that on, on a... Community or a society yeah. basis. Yeah. Yeah. You, the, the great thing about the community is that it has the common value that you can, values that you can uh, match the, the uh, corporate. And you've, you've had some personal experience with this uh, in the uh, where you live. I have. I, I sit both sides of that fence. So I, I know it from, uh, from 
being in the community myself, so I know what I know the increasing challenges that, um, that local communities in particular face as we're getting back into an age of self-help. There's, there's less central and local government budget available. Mm. We're being encouraged to look after ourselves. And you have to go elsewhere to find the funds. So you have to go to business to do it. It's, it's good, isn't it? Because, and what I like about the fact that you've got personal experience, plus this is work that you've been doing, yes, uh, connect to is that there's a integrity and an authenticity yeah. about the approach because it's not like selling a media that you never read or a strategy no, you, you don't really know. Having skin in the game is important. <laughs> well, I think so because, you know, you very quickly get, you know, and sorry, I imagine that working with communities, if you get it wrong, you get feedback very quickly. Yeah, yeah, very quickly. Because you're encouraging, the, you are encouraging the community to talk. Never mind mm. providing fuel for it. And if, if, if it's the wrong kind of conversation, then you know, you'll hear about it very fast. And the impact will be correspondingly rapid and great. <laughs> Look, I think um, another example of why this has become so important is the UN. Uh, was it three years ago? Made a commitment to it's 17 or 19 different. Um, uh, initiatives around, you know, things like eliminating poverty, providing yep. clean water, yep. uh, climate change. There's a full raft, you know, uh, of uh, these initiatives. It's interesting in Europe, and we won't mention Brexit, but in Europe, um, how much government and society have picked those up compared to other parts of the world. So. I think that uh, big corporation, big business has a, a very important role to play because big businesses are not uh, are not single nation entities. They are international and they operate internationally. And actually, if you're talking at a United Nations scale, you can't be you can't be thinking about one country at a time. It has to be tackled beyond that. Big corporations have a huge responsibility and role to play in that. It's interesting because I don't know if you're aware of the history. But the, there's a, a terrific documentary called The Corporation. And it goes back. Originally, you could only form a corporation at the idea of an entity rather than personal responsibility was introduced on the basis that it would be done for the good of society. So that's why, you know, it was almost an extension of things like the guilds and the friendly societies yep. that you could create a corporation that had a purpose. But the purpose, and this goes to, is it John Smith, the economist, that the you know, business is more than just making money. Yeah. It's actually to enhance society and, and the benefit of all people in it. Somewhere along the line, we lost touch with the purpose of the corporation. It's interesting that in a social media engaged age, the voice of the consumer is now starting to readdress that. I think that's a big driver of the, of the change. I do. I think the, the, the change from uh, that, that original corporate good behavior maybe was in the, the 1980s with a big shift with a greed is good greed is good greed is good <laughs> good old michael douglas yeah. in wall street shareholder value is all profits are all uh, i think a lot of companies lost track of the fact that well neoliberalism was the you know that's all that was was a reflection of the new liberalism which was it was all about 
the one with the most money won. Yeah, that's all that matters. And I don't think that is proven to be sustainable because people are not impressed enough by it to want to buy those products or those services. Mm. And they don't want to see their spending money going to line pockets of already rich individuals and rich shareholders. Mm. So I think the pressures are going to be increased and it is about transparency and it is about uh, responsible behaviour. And holding people accountable. And holding people accountable. Yeah, we, we hear words like, you know, authenticity, uh, transparency, uh, integrity. It's interesting when you start to apply those to things like a corporation. Yeah. Because I think we all, we all have a sense of what they mean on an individual basis. And I think on a community basis, but for some reason at a corporate level, there's a sense of, and in fact, I'm aware of someone who once said, look, in my job, I have to make decisions that I don't find palatable, but that's my job. Yeah. And somehow to be able to disassociate your personal responsibilities and values from the job you do is a very sad state of play, isn't it? Very sad state of play. I'm thinking as you're talking that all those elements you just talked about add up to a, a big word for me, which is trust. Well, we all talk about the loss of trust. We talk about the loss of trust, but if you, if you break what does that mean down, it is about all those the values you were just talking about there. Mm. And integrity, integrity, transparency, yeah. and um, accountability. Uh, integrity, transparency, and integrity. Yeah, and re responsible behaviour, I guess, yeah. is, in, is within those headings. But if you get that wrong, and if trust goes, and it can go very fast, mm. um, huge problems at, at corporate level. Huge problems. No. Corporate, government, uh, all the institutions are suffering from yeah. a loss of trust. Uh, certainly in this country, and I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure beyond. What? We live in the post-truth world, so they speak. I don't think a so. dangerous but, place to be. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think so because I think people are reacting to that. I think people are demanding uh, those values from all of the interactions that they have. I think they are, and I think... Um, the, the kind of the the the, the the I trust it because it's always been there. Policy philosophy is, is now gone, yeah. and therefore all those all, all those bodies and organisations and government bodies and large corporations that used to rely on, on some kind of trust is just always there because they are who they are. The law, it's 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 going. It's, mm. You can you can watch it going down one by one over the last four or five years. And they have to work hard at maintaining trust and rebuilding trust and their reputation, demonstrating it over and again in everything they do. Jeremy, um, thank you for uh, making some time and sitting down and having a chat. We've, we've run out of time. It's been a great pleasure. Let's do it again. And um, welcome to uh, Trinity P3 again. But uh, one last question before we go. Which brand do you trust? Mm -hmm.